Hey guys, I hope you're doing great today and I can't wait to bring you the show. But before I do, I just wanna make a quick request. If you're listening to the show and you're getting good value and you're enjoying the content and you feel that it's valuable, if you could just take a second and go and give me a rating and review in whatever platform you listen, whether it be Apple or Google or uh, Spotify, whatever it is, just go and give me a rating and review, that would be very appreciated. All right guys, let's dive in. If you took my book now of the tactics and like in the weeds stuff that we're talking about combined with yours, like that is an actual like bundle that could be uh, just insane value for people on a very cheap cost. You're listening to the Just Start Real Estate Podcast. If you're serious about your real estate investing business and need real answers, you are in the right place. And now your host, Mike Simmons. All right, thank you for joining me here on the show. I appreciate it, appreciate you being here. I've got a good one for you today. I'm interviewing a good friend of mine. He's been on the show multiple times. His name's Bill Allen. And uh, I met Bill uh, about six years ago uh, when we joined the Seven Figure Flipping Mastermind. And we became really good friends since then. And uh, I love having him on. He has recently, I'm very excited for him because he's recently uh, written a book, that published a book. He's been writing it for you know over a year, but he, he recently published the book. And I wanted to have him on because I think that it is a very, very valuable book, valuable resource for real estate investors. And I think you all should know about it and you all should grab it. He's actually giving it away free right now. So uh, you can't beat that. Uh, I was um, very... Um, honored that he asked me to record the audio version of the book. So you can go get the book itself for free. Um, and uh, it's just, it's the actual book, the hard, you know, the hard, the hard copy book, uh, not a PDF. So it's an actual book that you'll receive for free. And also you can get the audio book. So you can either read it, listen to it, or do both. But I want to have him on and talk about it because I'm, I'm happy for him as a friend. I know he's very proud of the, the results of the book, and, and I, am, I am proud for him. Uh, and then when we talked about it, we actually got into a conversation um, regarding him and his real estate, single family, uh, uh, home real estate uh, company that he has. And there's been some major changes in the ownership and how that's structured and and some things that went down with him and his COO. And it was just really, really interesting. We got really deep into it. And I think we covered some really valuable, valuable stuff. And I, I can almost guarantee you with 100% certainty, you've never heard of a solution to a real estate or any business um, struggles that he was having that got resolved the way he resolved it with everyone winning. And it's really, really cool. And I, I don't want to spoil it, but I do want to tease it because if you were planning on skipping this episode or if you thought, ah, I don't really know, maybe something else, you you should listen to it because uh, the lessons and, and the strategies and the solution that he came up with when his business hit a rough patch uh, are really, really cool. And and I guarantee you've never heard of anyone solving the problem quite the way he did. So, uh, and I'm, I'm laying it on thick because I think it's important for you guys to listen to. It's a really, really valuable lessons here. So anyways, I'm, I usually at this point, I read, you know, someone's bio and, and kind of do that. I'm not going to do that with Bill. He's been on the show several times. He's a wildly successful investor, good friend of mine, smart businessman. And I think you should take a listen. Um, and so without any further ado, I give you Bill Allen. All right, Bill. 
Thanks for coming on the show again. Thanks for being here. Uh, you're, you're by far you have to be the most interviewed guest I've ever had, and it's it's selfish because you're my friend and I like talking to you, and so it's fun to have you on. Uh, but thanks for doing this again. Thanks for taking time out. I know you're extremely busy, crazy busy guy. Uh, you told me you want to end this in a half an hour. I'm gonna I'm gonna blow through that just to spite you. But um, thanks for coming back, man. And I'm excited about some stuff that we're gonna be chatting about today. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited too. It's funny. Uh, so we like talking to each other. I wonder if your listeners actually like listening to us talk. That's the, that's the question I always have. And you know what? I remember um, the first seven-figure flipping meeting we were at in California. And like this guy, Mike Simmons, was up talking for like four hours about their business. And then he was like, I have a podcast. And I was like, what? This guy has a podcast, like a celebrity. I want to figure out how to get on this thing. Uh, I'm going to make friends with him. I'm going to figure out, I'm going to get on there and being the most interviewed guest is uh, is awesome. So. Nice. Well, you wonder if they want to hear our conversation. I like to think of them not so much as listeners, but as prisoners. Uh, we have them captive right now, and they will do exactly what I tell them to do. So uh, they have to listen to us talk and, and goof around. Okay. So let's get down to it. I, you've been on the show a million times. You talked about your backstory. You went from doing basically one flip to doing like 67 in your first year of business, blew it up when you joined the seven-figure program, much like me. I, I was doing a few deals a month, but I wasn't doing anything crazy and blew my business up. And you and I got to be friends through that experience. Uh, like you referenced, we met each other at the first seven-figure flipping meeting. You sat by me and and we didn't really know each other, but we're, we're similar in a lot of ways. And we just, we kind of hit it off and, and became friends. Um, and so I don't want to necessarily go back into your history because we've done that. People can just like search you in the backlogs of my of my show and they can get all the deets on that. But let's talk about what's been happening with you over the last year or so, right? You bought the seven-figure Philippine pro, uh, uh, company, uh, what, two two years ago, two and a half years ago? Is that yeah. right? Okay. Yeah, July 2019. Cool. Two and a half years ago. And, uh, and I know that that has been a big part of your life ever since it still is. Uh, but you've also done some amazing things. And I want to talk about those and not least of which, and we're going to get deep into this in a minute, but you wrote a book, which is no small feat. Um, I have uh, read the book. I've read it to myself in my head. And then, as you know, I read it out loud into a microphone. I did the audio version for you. You asked me to do that. I was super honored that you asked me. Um, and, and so I, I know this book intimately. And, and I can say this without any hesitation. It, it, is, it is an amazing, basically, masterclass on, on flipping, on wholesaling, on rentals. Like, basically, the information that you would need to get started or even to fill in some gaps in your, in your game with your company, if you've already kind of launched your company, you've been doing deals, like this book is the definitive guide to that. And, and I wrote a book a few years ago. And it really wasn't designed to be as, um, you know, the, the tactics and, and the strategies and all the, you know, the the like in the in the dirt stuff that you talked about, the actual strategies of buying and selling houses. Mine was more of an overview of how I accelerated my business and some of the other stuff that I did. But yours is like a detailed guide. And, and I think people should realize if they're if they want to get into real estate, if they're not doing it yet for whatever reason, it, because they, usually when people don't get into something, it's like. They're, they don't know something. There's lack of information and and they just are scared to get started because they don't know a lot of things they just don't know. So if that's the case, or if you have a you know business and you're running it and you just know there's some gaps in your game and there's gap in most people's game, uh, I think this is a great book to, to solve those problems for folks. And it's well written. And I don't say that because you're my friend. 
Uh, I'm saying it because I've read it multiple times, and it's a really, really well-written book that covers so much of what people need to know about real estate. And and a lot of this, I guarantee people don't know because you've been doing this for a while. You built a business up that, you know, you were doing over 200 deals a year. Um, So you know what you're talking about here. Um, Tell me, why did you want to write this? Like, Writing a book isn't easy, right? And I, I was kind of watching that process as you went, and it takes a lot of time, and you're a busy guy, and, and it's sometimes hard to focus and sit down and like really focus on something like this. Why, why write it? Well, um, I don't know if I wrote this in there, but my in, in the dedication, my dad was, um, I, I remember when I was a kid, my dad was published in the World Book Encyclopedia. So it was the coolest thing. I remember my dad coming home and showing me like he, we had all the encyclopedias and he was like, I've got published in this area and this area. And I was, ever since I saw that, I was like, this is such a cool thing. And, and then people kept telling me like, you have to write a book at some point in your life. And I was like, I'll do it at some point. I don't know. But it was always a thing in the back of my head that I wanted to do, you know, like I also want to learn how to speak fluent Spanish and, and I wanted to learn how to fly, which I, I was able to do. And uh, lots of things like that, like but there's things that you say, I'll do it one day that we never do, right? It's kind of a bucket list type thing. So um, I got to a point where I was just like, look, I have to do this. It's now or never. And I was, as people ask you the same questions over and over and over again, I know I've heard you say it before. It's like every time we step up on the stage of Flip Hacking Live or any event that we're speaking at, like we're trying to answer that question that they're always asking, like, how did you build a million dollar business? Or how did you remove yourself from the business? Or what marketing channel is the best? Or uh, should I, where should I invest? Like what market should I pick? And I get, get the same questions. And I just wanted a thing that I was like, here, like it's all answered right here. And it's the cheapest possible way that I could coach you and something that can kind of live forever. You know, my kids can be same thing, flip the script around. Uh, my kid, my son is like, daddy, that's your book. And we were at flip hacking live this year. And I gave books to every single person there. And he looked and he's like, that's your book. And he helped me pick out the artwork on the front cover. So he knows. And I think that he'll carry that around with him and be proud of me in the future and something to talk about when he gets older, like I am now. Uh, so there's a piece of that. There's a piece of just, you know, wanting to leave something behind when we go, like, what are we going to leave behind? So that's another piece is like every, these books are full of, everybody else's knowledge and information that they learned on their dime that you can buy for very cheap, or you can check out from the library even for free. So um, I just, this is, it's interesting because I read your book as I was writing this, right. I was writing it and and we're pretty competitive. So like your book was coming out I was like, Oh my gosh, how is he publishing this before me? Like I have to get this done. And it was like another year. I rewrote the whole thing again, not, not because of reading your book, obviously, but I, I just, I wanted to, it just wasn't coming out the way, that I wanted it to. So we just rewrote the whole thing. And it was another like year and a half before it was done, but I wanted to write the first book, but right. So I don't think this is the only one that I'll ever write. This is the first one. Yours was interesting because it was like, how did you build the business on the strategy piece from like looking back, how could you rebuild it? It's almost like if you took my book now of the tactics and like in the weeds stuff that we're talking about combined with yours, like that is an actual like bundle that could be uh, just insane value for people on a very cheap costs. And together, like, like, because I, I wanted to put the business stuff in there, but I was like, you know what, this has got to be an early book. And we called it seven figure flipping underground. Cause I wanted it to be these like underground secrets and this stuff. Like if you look at the front cover, it's like a vault. Um, like you're almost in like um, Harry Potter is 
Yeah. Yeah. So like you're in that vault and inside of that is all of the things that I learned that we only shared for like $25,000 people. People are paying us $25,000 to come in the mastermind, but now you can get it for free, you know, if you pay for shipping. So like, I wanted to get to the point where I just could leave all that stuff behind and, and share the playbook of what I've learned and what, what we can t- consistently share and try to make it not something that's very timely. Like I really tried to remove all the, I use this website and this software and those kind of things and make it more evergreen content where it's really just kind of the frameworks and strategies. Um, it's cool. I got, I got the opportunity to hear uh, Dan Kennedy speak at an event recently. And what he said was, and he, if you don't know who he is, he's like a big marketer. He's been around forever. Like the godfather of, of marketing, like television, telemarketing, direct mail marketing, even now like digital type marketing. And what he talked about was the structure of marketing has not changed. It's just the delivery system that's changed. So like the messaging and the, and the, the tactics and strategies are the same. It's just now it's gone from, from phone books and teleseminars to print to digital to Facebook and Instagram and things like that. But he's like, all the techniques and strategies never changed. So my hope is that off-market real estate deals, this can open people's eyes to that. And it, like it's, the strategies and techniques shouldn't change in there. Like it's, it's fundamental principles that are proven now with hundreds of people using them and seeing success that it shouldn't change. So it's kind of a playbook for the future. Yeah, it is a playbook. You reference the fact that, you know, masterminds like seven-figure flipping can cost, you know, $25,000. The information that that is shared in those groups a lot of it is is right here in the book. Like it is the cheapest way to get your hands on twenty five thousand dollars worth of real estate mentoring. Like right there, and it's you mentioned the uh, our books. They really do complement each other. I never really thought of it that way, but they really really do complement each other quite a bit. Um, let me ask you though, what was it like? And and maybe share a little bit of the experience when you told your dad that you wrote a book or were writing a book when you shared that with him. So I don't know that I told him like, Hey, I'm writing a book. I, I want to be, you know, it's always been, it's always been like in my head mm-hmm. of like, I, I don't know. I have conversations with people in my head and they don't even know that we're talking, but I think that we've already had these conversations, right? I don't know if it happens for you, but yeah. I think entrepreneurs are kind of like that. Like even my staff, I'll be like, wait, we already talked about this. Like, no, we didn't. <laughs> yeah. We had this conversation. It yeah. was like last week. Yeah. yeah. It was in your head, dude. You never actually told me, <laughs> but I thought I told him. So with my dad, I think it's the same way. Like, I observe from a distance. Um, I try to make him proud of me without actually like making him proud of me, like telling him and stuff. So I don't know that I ever really shared that, Hey, I'm writing a book. I, I want to be like you. Uh, so right. I'm doing it. But I remember I sent him a picture of the cover. Like when it was done, I think it, I don't know if I talked to him about it before I actually finished it. So for two years, I think I wrote it in the dark. Yeah, I actually was writing in the dark. Like nobody actually knew that it was coming out. I still wasn't sure. Um, we gave away four chapters at 2020 Flip Hacking Live, the digital chapters for them. Mm-hmm. And if they read the four chapters and they put them next to the book, they're totally different. Because <laughs> like, you rewrote it, right? Yeah. If anybody was at Flip Hacking Live 2020 that's listening, like take the four chapters that we sent for the PDF and compare it to the book. And you'd be like, wait, this isn't even... This isn't almost like this a, it's almost like a misprint of like currency. It's going to be worth millions someday. The yeah. original four lost chapters. There was only so many printed. That's kind of funny. And it, like Jesse Trujillo, I was telling a story about him and getting started and his sister and all this stuff. Really awesome story that, that hit the cutting room floor when we made an adjustment and shift and change. And it's like, uh, like there's so many things that I, I loved about both versions, but it, it's like the, it's like the errors. You remember, uh, I collected baseball cards when I was a kid and yeah. went to baseball cards. It was like yeah. the air, yeah. uh, yeah. 
the cards that were messed up that yeah. were worth more. So, um, but I, I sent a picture of the, of the cover and the dedication to my dad because the dedication, it, it talks about him and, and the fact that I dedicated it to him, this first book to him mm-hmm. about, um, you know, because he was such an inspiration and a hero of mine and seeing that him being published gave me the kind of drive to say one day I'm going to do that. Yeah. And I mean, that was when I was like, I don't know, nine or 10 years old. So like one day becomes 30 years later, but it still comes. Right. Yep. So, uh, and, and honestly it was, <laughs> it was kind of anticlimactic. I think he just, he just wrote back and said, um, that's awesome. I'm proud of you. Uh, you know, I don't know how old you are if you're listening, but I, I was, uh, I'm 41 years old. Uh, I was raised in the eighties and the, the whole, like, I love you hugging and kissing and stuff like that from a father just was not the thing. It was like yeah. the ex it, that would have been weird if my dad was on the side of the soccer field, like, like, like the affectionate fathers and, and even mothers that we have now, Yeah, it just wasn't the thing then. And so I talked to my dad about that recently of like, Hey, you never really said, I love you when we were growing up. That was just, wasn't the thing. Right. And he's, he's, that was his response to me. He was like, look, he's like, I, it wasn't just me, man. That was like, that was the culture then. Yeah. And the culture now is like really coddling and, yeah. and loving, but, but in, in a good way too, of loving your kids. Like I, and I was like, do I tell my kids, I love them all the time and kiss them and hug them because I wasn't, I don't think that's true. I think it's just the fact that it's more, it's more normal now. So, so I think that reaction alone and just understanding the context of it is, was very big. Like I really just wanted my dad to say, I'm proud of you. And that's kind of what I got back, but it wasn't like, Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Like you're, you're incredible. I love you so much. Like, like I probably would say to my son, I don't know, 20 years from now when when he writes his first book. So um, I know that that to my dad, that, that, that's a lot, yeah, right? Yeah, uh, he was yeah. there at Flip Hacking Live this year. It was me, my dad, and my seven-year-old son backstage listening to Walter Bond speak when he was talking about family. And I got tears in my eyes. And we're all there as three generations of William Allens. It's really, really cool awesome. to, to have that and be able to experience that. So I know he's proud of me for sure. That's so cool. Um, all right. So we glossed over it, but I really want to go back and massage this a bit. Somebody read this book for you. And if you're <laughs> listening to this podcast right now, if you haven't got enough of my voice, then you can. There is an audio version of this, right? So, uh, if you want the book, we should say this. I, I probably should have said it ahead of time if I was a real professional. But you can get the book at seven ffbook.com. If you go there, you can get the book. Uh, it is not available on Amazon, correct? No, right, right now, yet. Yeah, not yet. And if it does, I will say if if when we put it on Amazon, we will. I, my my whole goal was I, I just want to give away as many books as I possibly can, like for free. We're yeah. giving these books away for free. You got to pay for shipping. I think it's like seven or eight bucks for shipping. Um, but on Amazon, it'll be like twenty or twenty five dollars. Right. So I highly encourage you to just go to the website, yep. buy the book, um, jump in there, and that's the place to go to get it for yeah, sure. Get it now while it's free. So go to 7fbook.com. You can get the book itself. If you're a, an audio listener, you can get the audio version of it and uh, and do it that way. Um, but I, I do suggest you guys get this. If you Whether you're new or not, like I'm telling you, I've, I've, I read the book. I read the whole thing. I've read it more than once. It There is, I guarantee there's stuff in this book that you don't know or you'd never thought of. I, I, I can guarantee it. I don't care what level you're at. Uh, we all have gaps in our game. Um, we all do. And I think that you will find something in this book, even if you're experienced, that will make it well worth the free cost of getting it. So you should do that. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's, 
it's crazy that I have to like talk people into getting a free book. So, um, but in, I, I, we're talking about the audiobook. You read it and then we did something really cool at the end. So at the end of each chapter, mm, Mike yep. took some notes and had some questions and stuff like that. So what we did was we jumped on a call just like this, almost like a podcast. And we, he interviewed me after the, each chapter. So the audiobook's a little bit different. It's uh, It's got some like bonus stuff that's not in the book. Yep. So I would highly encourage you guys to grab the audiobook too. Um, one thing that I really love to do, and one of my uh, one of my mentors, uh, Russell, his a guy in his world named Alex Ramosi, he he told he told us the way that he reads books is he listens to the audiobook and reads it at the same time. So the combination of those two, the reason why I kind of put them together on our website. So seven FF book, you have uh, option to get the book and then also buy the audible book there. It's not on audible either yet. So that's not a place that you can just go buy it and download it. Um, but I, I coupled it because of that, like to be able to read the book and listen to the audio what it does, I'm able to listen to the book like two or three times faster than I normally would and retain twice as much of the information. So um, it was an awesome hack that he gives that I, I just share to your audience for any book that you have. And I do that with every book that I read now. I bought by the hard copy and I listen to Audible at the same time. And nice. it has been amazing for me to retain information and re read it like twice as fast. Yeah, I've heard you say that before. Recently, actually, I heard you say that. And I've not tried it yet, so I'm, I'm looking forward to trying that. I think that's cool. It's a cool tip. Um, all right, so you are a real estate investor. You have you built in a thriving, crazy, uh, successful business. And, and that's really where you got all the, the stuff that's in this book. That's the other interesting thing. You didn't build a, a real estate business back in the '70s, and, and now you're writing a book about that experience. Like you wrote one over the, I mean, you built one over the last, you know, handful of years, and this book is basically uh, an information, um, you know, playbook, basically, like you said, of everything you did learn, and, and you put it in this book. But recently, um, you, there's been a change in your business structure. How, what was that change? Why did it happen? And we're bringing this up because I think. It's interesting. There's something that never gets talked. A lot of things never get talked about in real estate, right? People talk about success stories, and sometimes they talk about when when things go really, really wrong. Um, but there's there are a lot of options in in the world and in the world of business and things that you can do to um, to change the structure of things. And you did that, and it's something that I've never heard of anybody doing before, exactly the way you did it. And and I'd love to have you kind of describe what you did, why you did it, and how that looks now. Yeah. So Mike, you're right. That's this, this, everything in that book, by the way, is, is a down, like it's, it's all stuff that I learned along the way that I have implemented and executed on. So everything in there are things that we've done. So uh, to give some context, uh, we did, I was doing one house a year, joined the mastermind, did 67 houses the first year with a team of four and me and four other people at the end of the year. Uh, that was in about eight months, seven, maybe seven months of, actual getting contracts and selling them and everything like that. So almost $700,000 in, in gross profit of that year. Then we did 1.35 million the next year. Then we did one point or we did 2.35 million the year after that. So that third year I hired a COO. We went from 135 to 187 transactions. We did 2.35 gross profit. It was not my most profitable year as a business owner. The most profitable year that I had was my first year because I had very low staffing, very low manpower costs. Right. Um, but I was doing just about everything in the business yeah. and working like crazy hours while I was flying for the Navy full time. So then, then we did, we were doing about 200 deals a year after that, hired the COO. He built a team, like remove myself after about six months or so, I was able to come out of that business and, and only meet with him for like two hours a week. We would do a two hour same page meeting. 
uh, once a week and he would handle everything. He was working like 80 hours, hundred hours, some weeks, just like working like crazy. He came from Nissan. Uh, he was working for, you know, I don't know if they're like a fortune 100 company, 550, something like that. Um, but a bit, huge company, right? Yeah. Nissan, the car company. And he was high executive there getting paid a significant amount of money, benefits, everything. And so came over to the company and just worked hard, right? Long hours, tiring hours. And we went through a lot, a lot of ups and downs of people, replacing people, shifting the culture and built like a really awesome machine that was producing for us. And over the few years after that happened, like he was working a ton and I was spending more time at seven figure flipping. I became the COO of that company. Uh, First, I started in the membership department, building out the membership, the events, those kind of things. Then I became the COO and then ultimately had the opportunity to buy the company in July, 2019. I tell all that backstory because I think it's important to how that relationship with myself and my COO, Nate, developed over the years. And it's going to be important to what happened to kind of, I wouldn't, I don't know if implode the company is probably the best thing, but the company definitely took a turn. Right. And so it was a little bit before COVID. It was like January, 2020 when we or actually it was October. Actually, when was it? When was COVID? 2021, 2020, 2020, right? The of okay. So February, 2020, right? That's, that's when we had all this stuff. Yeah. So in January, 2020, what happened was we started to make a shift and start buying over the phone. And we had been developing some software and some different things that to hopefully go from doing 200 deals a year to doing a thousand deals per year. That was our goal. Like we wanted to have like national domination in the wholesaling and flipping world. That was our plan. And we had these really big hopes and dreams and expectations. And we were putting a lot of money towards, I probably put a quarter million dollars towards it um, with manpower and and software and and development costs and stuff like that. And we got to the point where it just wasn't, it wasn't hitting the metrics and the goals and the timeliness, as you know, all this stuff gets pushed and then COVID hit. And we started to see inside of our business, like, man, like, I just started making payroll and everything went on pause for like three months. Right. Everybody should remember that. It wasn't that long ago, you know, a year and a half ago or so. And um, at that point I was like, okay, we need to figure this out. Like you guys have a very short timeline now to get this project up and running. And I think we, we bit, we, we decided to make this move assuming that everything would go right for the next year or two years or three years and where we thought things were going. Nobody saw this change happening, right? This COVID-19, whatever you want to call it, pandemic, if you want to call it that, start happening. So I was making payroll for a while. Then we got PPP money, all that stuff that people people were doing. And I just said, look, I can't continue to float this while, while our transactions are not going up or even maintaining, they're coming down slightly. Right. Mm -hmm. And there's some uncertainty. So in October, 2020, October, 2020, we made the decision to basically like cut a lot of the staff and make a shift in the company to, we were doing multifamily deals at the time. And what we wanted to do was be this kind of hybrid marketing company that does single family homes, but instead of doing 200 a year and ideally doing a thousand, right? We're going to start doing about 50 or 60. So we downsized the company, we shifted the model and that what we're going to do is, is add in our multifamily business that was going to start getting leads and we market like wholesalers to the multifamily and the people inside the company 
that would be a break-even model. Blackjack real estate would be break-even at 50 or 60, but we'd be personally benefiting from all the multifamily deals that we were buying right. in our partnership between me and my COO and our sales director, Chad, at the time. So it's a, it's a long story, but I want to tell it because it, it does, I can't give it justice to just say, and I'm, I'm being, this is probably the most open and most talked about I've ever done about this, right? About exactly what it is. Um, so things just were not going that well. And Nate was going through like a personal journey of his own to kind of find fulfillment after working 80 or hundred hours a week. And basically what I said is, Hey, I can't pay you what I was paying you before for this company. So let's cut your salary in half and I'll only take you part-time. And then, so he's like, okay, I got to figure out how to pay my mortgage and pay for my family and all the stuff, you know? Yeah. And then I also left, remember to buy seven figure flipping. I was putting yeah. 80 to hundred hours a week over there. Yep. So there was this kind of tension of, Hey, you're not over here helping me solve the problem. I'm working my butt off. You don't, you're not appreciative of everything that's happened. And there started to become some like resentment and animosity there that actually had to come out in some um, conflict where he finally came to me and we opened up and we, we both went on a personal journey and then it, it exploded in the business a little bit of like, Hey man, um, I kind of lost my passion for flipping and wholesaling. And that's, that's what's what he was saying. And then I, I kind of was like, Hey, like what happened? Like, why isn't the company as successful as it should have been or was? And he's like, look, man, I put everything that I had into this. And when I looked over to my left where you should have been there, you weren't there. You were over building something else without me. Yeah. And so what I'll tell you, I think the big aha that I had during all of this, and it's funny because him and I talked this morning about this again, like we're, really? we're partners in two other business in three businesses. Now we're partners in three businesses. Like we still work together on a regular basis. And we were saying like, we need to, we, we have this new eight figure group. We're like, we need to bring this to light in that group. Cause they're the, probably the people that need it the most to be careful not to get into that place with your staff, your employees, your COO, your business partner, potentially your spouse of how you can make sure that you don't have to hit that bottom and yeah. you can learn from other people's mistakes, right? So, so at that time we just said, okay, we gotta, we gotta part ways. Like this is just, it's, it's not working. This is not the direction for the company. Um, so we're gonna, we're gonna make a split. We'll work together on our multifamily business still but blackjack real estate is just, it's going this direction, the single family flipping and wholesaling business. And so at that moment I had, and I was at, I was in Cancun, April, 2021 in our Cancun mastermind. And I'm, I'm trying to figure out like, what do I do? Like Nate was still on the, on board, but we, I knew, and he knew, he knew that that was not, it wasn't going to work yeah. long-term. Yep. And so I went in there and I was, I was coaching probably the highest level group in there that are doing a million dollars or more uh, per year. And I said, can I have 30 minutes to get on the hot seat? It's been a long time since I've done this, but I need, to, I need your help. And so I had a couple options at that point that I could see. And I bet if you're listening, you could see these options too before this meeting. One was to sell the company and wholesaling and flipping company. You probably, your value is probably in your buyer's list. Maybe you're your database of leads, but just because you're doing $3 million a year, doesn't mean your company's worth millions of dollars. Right. So I saw, I, I don't know, I could probably pull a couple hundred thousand dollars out of the business. Maybe if I sold it to somebody else, uh, buyer's list, stuff like that, some systems processes, people would probably leave. If I sold it, it's not like uh, yeah. you're selling Amazon and everybody's like raving fans. And they're going to stay. Right. And so, and they're really there for the leader. 
um, I could sell it. I could jump back in and start working in the business again, um, full time until I uh, get it up, get, you know, get it running well and, and just answer. And I wouldn't have to answer that many questions. Like the, yeah. the staff that I had, the team of five or six, they were fantastic. They know what to do. Um, but I, we get paid to solve problems. So I'd have to solve the higher level problems. And yep. I know what that yep. would take. Um, so I, and I was still remember still working like 80 hours a week in seven figure flipping, maybe, maybe at that time, 40 or 50. And then, uh, I also could, uh, let's, uh, could potentially hire another COO. So hire another COO, hundred thousand, maybe 150,000, something like that, bring them in and get them up to speed. But that would take my time again. I'd have to bring them in. I'd have yep. to coach them up. I'd have to do all that stuff. Or the other option was just shut the company down. Just turn it off, turn the keys off, sell our inventory that we have. Um, a couple wholesale deals come through or something like that. Fine. But just turned off. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't really love any of those options at the time. <laughs> I remember sitting there going, I don't want to, I don't want to shut it down. Like I worked so hard for this business to build it, the reputation, everything that we've done. And I love the thrill of the deal. I want to be involved, like actively involved in real estate still. I yeah. still want, I still want to do that. Um, I couldn't, the company that we built at seven figure flipping was so important to me that there's, that I couldn't, I couldn't pull myself out of there either. Yeah. Um, and hire a COO in there to get to the point where I had to pull myself out, take another year. Uh, I didn't want to sell it for the same reasons, shutting it down. It just, I mean, if I'm going to sell it, it's be for a couple million dollars, not yeah. a couple yeah. hundred thousand. And so I didn't know what to do. So I went in there and I just asked them and Larry and Janet French, I'm so thankful that they were at this event. They said, we're doing this with a, trailer, a trailer park that we own. And I knew about the trailer park. Actually, I remember when they were buying it, uh, we were in Puerto Rico together at another event. And they said, they said, there's a young guy who's an up and comer in the real estate world. And we don't want to work that hard anymore. So what he's doing is earning equity in the trailer park by working there and, and getting it up and running. So we don't have to do anything. And eventually it'll be his and we'll keep a minority share ownership of the, of the trailer park where we can hold on to it forever but never have to do anything and run it again. And he has the belief and buy-in because he's an owner now. And eventually he'll become the majority owner of the yeah. business. And I was like, wow. And so, and then they said, you could, you could take on a partner, 50, 50 partners. So a couple other people said, a couple other people said, jump back in. But I was like, there's some, something was, was calling me there. Like, and I had just done a podcast before that with a guy named Adam Whitney. He's a Marine officer. Um, and I saw at the end of the podcast, he said something and I still remember it. I was like, man, this guy is a hard charger. And I said, I asked him what brought, I was, you know, we're done recording. I said, what brought you to seven figure flipping? And he told me, and he said, man, he said, you're, you buying the company inspired me so much. He's like, I'm going to buy it from you one day. And this was before Larry and Janet, I was, before I was in Cancun, remember? So it was like yeah. February or March of 2021. Okay. And uh, so I go to Cancun, they talk about that. And then I walk out of that, that meeting with them. And that evening he was outside of a buffet, like one of the, it was all inclusive resort in Cancun. If you've ever been there and he's like on a call and there's like 20 people standing around him. I, listening to him. I remember this. You remember? Yeah. So I, I'm just, I, my, me and my wife, Lucy are like walking and I'm like, what's going on over there? So I didn't really know him. Like I hadn't met him. I did a podcast with him. I didn't know him that well. Um, and I saw that and I was like, wow, like, this guy, there's something about this guy that is, is interesting to me. Like I see a lot of similarities in, in me from what, like eight years ago uh, and his hunger, like he's hungry. Yeah. 
And I feel like that's what we lose a lot of times. And when you lose the hunger, like it's gone, like the flame starts going out and this guy is hungry, like really hungry. So, and on the podcast that I did with him, he had started to get a little bit successful. He's starting to do his first couple deals and he's in the infancy of his business. So I left that, I left that mastermind meeting and I just kind of thought about on a plane trip home when I was back home. And I said, that's, this is the way to go. Like, I just feel like this is it. If I can bring in a partner who has the majority share ownership and is the CEO and is running it, could we merge what we're doing together? And he sees that he can go further faster with me as blackjack being the engine and him being the conductor than I could on my own. And then I, I like, it's, it's equivalent to me doing what I love to do, which is coaching and consulting. And anytime there's a problem or issue that I'm involved, but I'm not in the day-to-day, I'm not in the meetings. There's somebody who's taken ownership of it, who loves it, who's going to build it back up. And he wants to build it to hundreds of deals again. And he yeah. will, I'm telling you, he will. And I don't want to put too much pressure on him because I told him like, look, man, this is your company now. Um, do what you want with it. I'm here for the ride. If it's successful, great. If it's not, that's okay. Yeah. You know, yeah. and you make it what you want it to be. But I, if, if you're on board and you know that it'll get you there faster, then take over. So um, what we did was we did that. He became the CEO and owner. He took over um, the majority share ownership of the company. I have a minority share and I kind of look at it like the profit. If you've ever watched the profit with Marcus Limonis, he's got a minority share, but he's the consultant. He's the coach. People call him when they have problems and, and he can, he can open up his network. He can help with things. And that's what I want to be for uh, Adam and blackjack. So that's a long story because it's just not fair for me to tell the story with Nate and me without telling the backstory of it. Yeah. Because I, I mean, I respect that guy more than anything in the world. He's amazing. And it is no failure of his that we had some issues with the company. It was a lot of things that came to play around the same time. Yeah. If we hadn't been trying to like grow and scale and dump all this money into development and stuff, it would have been a totally different story potentially. But I think he's in a happier place now. I'm in a great place. And I think Adam's in a great place. So it's a yep. win-win-win all around. I do remember that when Adam was 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 on that phone call. What, what he was actually doing was there was somebody in our group who was who was struggling a little bit with the with I think with a specific deal there was some seller they wanted to talk to and they didn't know how to handle it and he's like and they were like I don't know maybe I should call him when I get back he's like screw it let's call him right now like I'll call him and you listen and he just did it and I was like wow I was blown away because I'm like first of all we were out at dinner it was like after dinner like people were relaxing and thinking about ending their day and he is he jumped in to help solve their problem and kind of help them show them how to maybe get through this issue they were having with the seller. And they were, he was just doing it right on the spot. And I was blown away because I was winding down my day. I was like, I'm ready to be done today. And he's like, just, he's jumping in and making it happen. And I was, I just stood there and watched. I was like, that is so cool that he helped her like that, you know, because a lot of people will armchair quarterback a situation for you, you know, and they'll go, ah, this is what I do. You know, if it was me, I would I'd tell him this, you know, but he's like, nope, I'll tell him, give me the phone. I'll do it. And I was like, that is so cool. So anyways, I, I love Adam. He's a hell of a guy. And, uh, I, I can't say enough good things about him. Really like him a lot, but you started to say it. And I don't know if you actually did or not. I think you might've interrupted yourself or maybe I didn't, didn't hear you, but what was your biggest, like, what was your aha moment from you and Nate? Like that whole, how did you get from when you hired him to the end? Like what, other than maybe dumping a ton of money into this software and this idea of going to a thousand, was that it? I mean, just trying to go too big, too fast or what, what, what would you say looking back? What 
could you have done differently if you didn't want to give up majority share and you were still want to run blackjack? Like, what what was it that changed the dynamic so much that it sort of broke it? it you know, for a while. I, I didn't spend enough time with him. Okay. And I didn't listen to him. I didn't ask him what he needed. I didn't. I wasn't there. Like, I just basically said, "Here you go, run this thing for me. I'm be over here." And even though we set that expectation from the beginning, like he knew when he came in, that was the goal. Mm -hmm. Um, We, we talked a lot about doing other things together. And I basically was like, you'll never have ownership in this company. Like this, that's not the goal. Like I want you to come on and be the COO. Like this is, and I was not open to partnerships at that time. Um, It just wasn't something that I was willing to entertain. And so what I'll say to to anybody else out there listening is just be open-minded and listen to what other people need and want. And and, and man, sometimes like they might just like knock really quietly and then go away and you think everything's fine, yeah. but it's, it's down there. Like it's locked away. And so it's a hundred percent my fault. Like there's no doubt about it. Like there were signs I wasn't listening. I, I should have paid more attention. Um, you can't, you really just can't like people will burn out and they will do it for you. Like, yeah. and yeah. he was just totally loyal, hardworking and, um, I won't say that like, I'm a hundred percent responsible for that, for everything that happened, but I, I, I pretty close to it. Like he's, uh, he's an awesome guy. He's he, I would, I would hire him to do anything, you know, yeah. I would, I would partner with him. He's just, he's a rock star. Yeah. You know, and, um, and really a rock star doesn't do it. Superstar is the, is the right term. And when we, uh, when we find one of those people, we've got to take care of them and we got to figure out how they're doing, check in with them. Because look, Nate is a previous law enforcement officer. I'm a pre I'm a current and previous military member. Like we don't talk about our feelings and stuff like that. We don't cry together. We don't like we do now. (laughs) And it took like rock bottom to get to a point of like, just being vulnerable and sensitive and open and and just telling, like speaking the truth and not holding it back. Cause I mean, we're both, I, I don't know if you, if you met us and talked to us, you wouldn't think that uh, we could talk like we talk now, you know, and actually yeah. say, Hey man, that dude, that pissed me off. That hurt my feelings that what you said, you know, did this, that, or the other, like directly and, and quickly. Yeah. Usually it's like, I don't know. Uh, you, you know, you know exactly yeah, what I'm talking I about. Do. Like I do. screw that guy. Like uh, this is, you know, I'm not doing that. I, yep. This guy's an idiot and you just got to hold it in. You're not going to speak your truth. Yep. And so I think to get to that point, um, uh, I, I should have just listened and I should have asked him what he needed. And, and when I was just trying to be everything to everyone and I was a huge yes, man. And like, I'll do just by yes, man. I don't mean like I'll do everything everybody asks, but it's just like, yes, 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 yes. Like I I'm a giver. I want to make sure sh- I want to make everybody happy. Yeah. And yeah. what I realized is I was just giving a little bit to everybody and I wasn't really making anybody happy. So as, yeah. as much the way that I am now is I'm, I mean, I had a guy call the other day and just say, Hey, do you want to do a, 50, 50 JV deal on this launch that I'm doing for a product is you can make hundreds of thousands of dollars. And I was like, man, number one, I don't really add a ton of value to what you're doing. Um, but number two is just, it just doesn't fit my model right now. It's like, it's not about making a couple hundred grand. It's about, uh, if I'm going to say yes to you, I'm going to give you everything I got. Um, and I can't do that. So I'm sorry. It's a no. Um, and those kind of things. Well, you know, we, it's, I think the the real lesson, I think what you said there, I'm just going to restate it kind of quickly we all hire 
people at some point as we grow a business. So it's hard to do it on your own. So you end up hiring people and it's clear the people who need your help badly because they're not performing and they need coaching and maybe they're even hurting your business a little bit. So you have to jump in and do something. But I think the the people who maybe sometimes get the most, who get who get the least amount of help are the ones who come in and they're awesome. You know, Nate came in and he was awesome. And so it's really tempting as a very business, uh, busy business owner and someone who who just bought a, a multi-million dollar, you know, mastermind to say, you you clearly have this, like you're a rock star, right? Superstar to your point. And then, it, so it's very tempting and, and easy to go, ah, they got it, they don't need me. But even, even rock stars, superstars in your business need your time as the owner and they need to be asked because a guy like Nate back then, probably wouldn't say I'm drowning. I, I can't, I need your help or, or, or this is, you know, some of these decisions feel like they need your input. Um, and so that, I think that's a bit, that's a great takeaway, especially for folks that are scaling their business and they're bringing people in. Don't just focus on the people that are struggling. If there's someone in your business that is critical to your business, or they're really, you know, um, adding value in, in several multiples of what they're being paid, they still need your time too. So I think it's a, so it's a good cautionary tale, and 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 thanks for talking about it because I, I know you haven't talked a ton, a ton about this uh, publicly um, to people. So, but I think it's a it's an um, unusual circumstances that I I don't hear people talk about that often. We hear about people starting businesses and doing great, and we hear about businesses failing, but there's something in between that can happen sometimes too. And the fact that you found such a a creative uh, solution that worked well for you. And and really worked well for Adam because uh, I think I agree with you. I think he'll build it up and he'll have an awesome business. He does, and he, he'll continue to have one because uh, he's that kind of guy. I think it's it's a good win win situation that I don't I've never heard of anybody doing it that way. So it's kind of kind of cool, and I appreciate that. Um, well, the jury's still out on how it's going to go, so we'll see. We'll check in in a year or two, and yeah. we'll see how, how it went. Right? I'd so. be, I would be Listen, you and I have both been around a, a ton thousands of real estate investors over the last five years, thousands. And I think both of us have a pretty good sense of who we can, not with 100% accuracy, but we have a pretty good sense of who's going to do really well. Just a lot of factors that come into play. I would be shocked if Adam doesn't do really, really well over the next couple of years. I'd be shocked. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to put like massive, serious pressure on him. But what I will say is I feel like I got a number one draft pick. Like, um, and it's, it's really cool that we had the opportunity to have almost like an incubator of people that, and I'll tell you, like, look, I'm a believer. And I think that God works directly in our lives. And what I saw from the podcast to that April event, to walk out of that, getting advice, walking directly over and seeing him make on that call. I was like, Oh my gosh. Like, okay. Like I'm, I see you, I see what you're doing here. Um, I'm going to follow your lead. Yep. And that, that's, it was really like, you can, I mean, people call it serendipity. You can call it uh, coincidences, but uh, I call it like a direct message from God that's happening here. And I was like, this is great. Like this is incredible. Like, yeah. and so I'm really excited about his opportunity and what, what, to, what's to come and how I can support him. So yeah. uh, I'd love to, uh, and I haven't not shared this because there, there's anything that I'm hiding or holding it back. It's just there. I mean, I haven't really yeah. had an opportunity to talk about it. People don't interview me on my show and stuff like that. So it's, 
you know, I, I'm more than happy to talk about a very open book. I uh, uncomfortably sometimes actually to some people. So I will share just about anything. So I, I don't think it's a coincidence at all that he's a Michigan guy either. I think so many, <laughs> so many amazing people come out of Michigan. It's just, it's really mind boggling. And, and I don't think it's a coincidence. Yeah, at all. I didn't, I didn't know that when we made the deal. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, listen, I've successfully blown past your soft uh, limit of when you could do this just be, as a power play. Um, but let's one more time circle back. Uh, I, I want to mention, because I, I do believe it's valuable and I, 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 you know, I, I wouldn't have you on the show just, well, I would have you on the show, just talk to you, but I wouldn't talk about your book if I didn't think it was awesome. So it is awesome. I think people should go to 7fbook.com and pick up your free book, which is like you said, it's insane. Like it's free guys. Like what? just do it and you'll be glad you did when you, when you read it or uh, you can get the audiobook, or like to, to Bill's point, get the, get them both and then re listen to the audiobook as you read along and, and it, you can retain more that way. So it's a cool, it's a cool t uh, hack that I never haven't tried. I've heard you say it, but I haven't tried it yet. So I'm going to try that myself. Um, anything else going on in your life? I, I know we just recently took a trip together. Uh, we went uh, to Florida and listened to Tony Robbins. I got to fly in your plane. I got to fly your plane. By the way, I didn't tell you. That seems like a no big deal. I took the yoke. It's called the yoke, right? I took the yoke, whatever. I took the steering wheel. It's not a steering wheel either. So I don't, I don't know what you call it. I took the controls and, uh, and I was flying it. So I don't know what the big deal is, all this pilot talk that you always do. Yeah, I totally flew your plane. Now I was descending as I was flying, and I I remember asking you. I told I told Nanette about this. Uh, why are we going down? And you said because you're going down. <laughs> I was like, that's awesome. Good point. All right, so I just pulled back, and no big deal, guys. Anyone can fly a plane. That's my lesson here. Just hop in and grab the controls. It's pretty easy. No, anyways, that was a blast. I did enjoy. It. That was a lot of fun. I've never been in, in your plane before, so um, that was a good time. Yeah, I remember taking the controls from you specifically because we were going down a little bit too fast. <laughs> I was like, uh, our passengers are getting sick, Mike. Yeah, um, yeah. No, it was a great trip. I really enjoyed it. We went uh, down to see Tony Robbins and I had an awesome time. It was incredible. And yeah, uh, and if anybody uh, wants any footage, I've got a bunch of footage no, of Mike no, no. dancing and singing <laughs> no. and, and doing all kinds of crazy stuff, no. which is way out of character for him. But I, I will say... Uh, it was definitely a transformational experience for me, and I enjoyed you know spending some time with you and and hanging out with you a lot yeah. more. So it was, if it was you want a lot that footage, by the way, it's www.notachance.com. Go ahead and go there, and you can <laughs> you can grab all the footage that you want. <laughs> no, it was a good time, and I, I appreciated it. So, uh, anyways, uh, I, I'm gonna let you go. I, I don't know how to end these things with people that that I know and like. I, I know uh, we'll be talking again here in a couple of days, so it seems weird to say goodbye, and hopefully we'll talk again because we will talk again. Um, but thanks for hopping on here and doing this um sorry that i blew past your time not really i, I did it on total purpose i was watching clock the whole time making sure we're well past it but i do think in all seriousness dude i do think that um you know the, the story about you and your business is is super powerful and interesting because it's so different and so unlike anything else and i think it's a great uh lesson at the end of the day it's like hey you know listen talk to your people um but there are solutions out there it's not just like well if, you know, things aren't going well or, or I, I've got some changes going on. I'm just going to drop, I'm just going to, I'm going to just dump this and do that. Like, like you've got the best of both worlds. Now your, your business lives on, you get to coach and mentor and be involved in high level decisions and watch Adam grow, which is totally awesome and, and do what you're doing and you and Nate maintained your friendship. Like, so it, it all can work out, right? It doesn't have to be like crash and burn every single time. Uh, but it's a cool story. So thanks for telling that. 
Absolutely. You know, there's, there's one thing that I, I want to share real quick before we go. It's, it's from Tony's event. And I don't know if you remember this, but it's the thing that stood out to me the most. It was about relationships. And he talked about the time zones and, and like shifting time zones. So he, what, what he discussed was like at the point where you, your relationship with somebody, it could be a spouse, a, a boyfriend, girlfriend, it could be an employee, a staff member, a best friend, any, anybody, a family member. But when you're like done with that relationship, you have to get to a breaking point. And usually what happens is at that breaking point, you are like, the past is painful. The present is painful and the future looks painful. And you finally get to a breaking point. They're just like, that's it. Like you're fired or I'm breaking up with you or whatever it is. Right. And so what he's calling that is like this time zone shift. So if, so what we normally do is we kind of like rationalize that the past was okay. The present is kind of not good. Right. And you the future, you think that the future could be good again, if you do X, Y, and Z. And that's usually why we keep an employee a little bit longer. Maybe we stay in a relationship longer than we should or want to. And, and then usually what happens is you, you say, okay, I'll stay in this relationship or I'll keep this employee. And then three months down the road, you're just like, the past is painful. The present is painful. The future is painful. That's it. I'm done. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so I think what happened in what, what can happen in some of these relationships is if you can make those decisions in like from your heart, instead of your head of where you want to go that he was teaching, it, you can, you can figure out how to maintain that relationship with that person. Yep. And whether it's a friendship, whether it's not getting to the point where you're, if you're at breaking point, like that's it, like the relationship is done. Yeah. But I, re, if you get, if you're at the point where you're like, you know what, I, I just don't, the present is painful in the future. I'm not so sure about, but you can still remember the good stuff from the past. Like that's probably the time to make the tough decision that you have to make. So when you mentioned like still ma- maintain my relationship with Nate and everything like that, um, I feel like we still, we didn't get to a point of like full break yeah. where the past and we, you dislike each other. You basically have a ton of resentment and you go on your separate ways and never talk to each other again. And I think that's what we do with relationships. A lot of times is we just wait way too long until they totally crash yep. till yep. we're just like, I can't even see, I can't even remember the good stuff in the past. Yep. And that's the really hard part because everybody that's coming to your life has helped you get to a certain point. Um, and you are where you are because of them. And if you can remember that, then you can remember the, the good stuff, then it might be time to move on from that relationship in a good way. Yeah. And I bet that other person will be thankful that you did. Yeah. And I think sometimes people trash the relationship because they're anticipating a bad fallout. And so they just, they kind of fulfill that prophecy themselves. But I, if I had to even like, I don't, you've never said this and I'm totally just putting this in, in your mouth. I'm putting words in your mouth, but it almost seems like I, I, when I hear you talk about Nate now, you, you always thought he was awesome. There was no doubt the guy was a superstar. But I almost feel like you guys are closer now, maybe even than you were then, like on a personal level, like you really appreciate him and and the way you talk about him. Uh, I can tell you guys are, you know, you're good friends and you think a lot of the guy and you always did. But I I feels like it's almost different and deeper now. But um, well, that's what happens. I think that's what happens when you become open and vulnerable and share the good stuff and the bad stuff. And you you speak the truth is you get to a, a deeper relationship together. Yeah. Like you get to a place of like mutual total respect and, and intimacy, frankly, like for lack of a better word with me and Nate. Right. But you get to an intimate relationship actually with, with whoever it is, whether it's a spouse, a significant other, a business partner, an employee, God, all of these things, you get to an actual intimate relationship with them where you have a deeper connection. And I I think you're right. Like I, I really do 
uh, I see, see those people differently than I did before. Yeah. Um, not as a tool, but as like true, like they're, they are supporting you in, in, in where you're going. They're following you. They're a big part of your life. Like there's, it's so important. Your, the relationships are it yeah. business, life, everything. It's really important. Totally. And I, I feel that from you, man, listen, we're, we've become really good friends and, and you're definitely more than someone who just uses people in business to get where they need to go. Like relationships, I can tell mean, mean more to you than, than the business itself. And, and I feel the same way. So I think that's why we, we get along and see eye to eye a lot of stuff. So, um, I don't know, man, I think at some point we're going to start crying. So I think we have to end this before we, we cry on air, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, seven FF book.com. Go get your book. Book.com guys. Here <laughs> it is. I want to send you one for free. Yeah. If you're watching the, the video of this, there you go. There's the book. There's the artwork that Bill talked about and, uh, go check it out. The audio book, uh, you will love it. It is it is amazing. And it's <laughs> the guy reading it is just awesome. So anyways, go check it out. All right, Bill. Thanks for being here, man. I appreciate your time. And uh, we will see you, I'm sure, again. So uh, take care of yourself. Thanks, Mike. See you. All right. Bye. All right. Lots happening in that uh, conversation. Uh, had Bill on specifically to talk about the book that he wrote and I narrated. Um, and we got pretty deeply into uh, stuff with his business and things that went down with him and his COO, obviously. And uh, that was fun. It was uh, it was a very interesting conversation to me. I hope, hope it was to you as well. And it's definitely, definitely things that people, I don't hear people talking about in real estate investing. Uh, probably as much as they should. And uh, it's a good cautionary tale. And I, I appreciate Bill's candor and his, um, you know, being very transparent with what happened there and being very honest. That's uh, not always easy for people to do. And, uh, but I think it all turned out for the best. Everybody, it's kind of a win win win. Everybody kind of got what they wanted out of the situation. So that's pretty unusual, too. But anyway, hope you guys enjoyed that. I had a lot of fun. Bill's a good friend and I like having him on. And I, I know that he always brings tons of value. And, and this one went pretty deep into a really interesting place. And I'm glad you guys got to experience that so uh, uh, hopefully you you appreciate where that went and and what it uh, what it could mean for you in, in your business as you bring on superstars and you know have this tendency to like not ignore them but not give them the the time and attention that they need as well uh, but anyways guys th this is what it's about right it's why we have these conversations. That's why I have this podcast. I want you guys to experience all phases of the business and and benefit from it. Um, but it all starts with that that first action. Get off your butt. Get off your couch. Get out there and start working on your business, and uh, and see where it takes you. And as it does take you in different places, hopefully I can help you and be there to give you advice and guidance and examples of, of things that people have done and problems that they've solved. And that's what it's all about. So get out there and get started and. Uh, Make it happen. Now's the time.